welcome to the Honest War Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to another faction reaction for the Sons of Behemoth, the Mega Gargants. And I'm joined by my very good friend, Colonel Cabbage. Charlie is also his other Hello. name. That's his other name. Nice this to is... see you guys. Hey, great to see you. Are you well? I'm well, thanks. How are you doing? Um, I'm great. Thanks very much for asking. Uh, in the middle of an event here at the TSN Arena. So where I stream from is the TSN Arena, if you guys don't know that, if you've never watched, tuned into the show before. Um, and we're just holding a 40k event right now. So just I'm on my lunch bake and then we're doing this. Uh, and the the quality of the armies, like paint-wise, whoo! Are they really nice? Oh yeah, really, really nice, really, really nice. But anyway, we'll try not to. We'll just focus on the subject at hand today. We're going to be talking about Sons of Behemoth. Charlie has got loads to talk about. He was a big stand for them in Age of Sigmar Two, and he's already been playing them in Age of Sigmar Three. So one yep. of the things to talk about as well is this is filmed in front of a live studio audience, like Kilpanic. What up? Thanks for resubscribing, Chris CB, Diadrin, Warhammer Robin. You can always uh, check us out live on Twitch, or listen to this as a podcast, or watch it on YouTube. Any of those things. Um, Charlie also uh, is starting to run a bunch of Age of Sigmar events around the UK, That's right, which yeah. is very exciting. Do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, I'm actually running two events. So the first event is actually tomorrow, and that's going to be uh, the London Wargaming Guild's March of Foes event. It's actually a 1,000-point event, and so we're going to squeeze in four games in one day. Whoa. 90-minute uh, rounds, so the player's got to be fast. But um, because it's only 1,000 points... We've decided to do no special characters, <clears throat> no named characters, I mean, uh, no unique characters or units, and no allies. Oh, wow. You just pick a thousand points of your boys, plonk it down, and get going. Okay. Um, we're open to beginners and experienced people. No paint requirements. It's just let's get into AOS 3, play four games, get a sense of how it's going. It's going to be fun. Um, I, there's a couple spaces left, so if people are interested, they can they can still sign up. Well, I'll include I'll the, the I'll, I'll include the links in the show notes below. Uh, thanks, Boyd and Hades, for resubscribing. Um, uh, yeah, and then you're also running a uh, larger, well, uh, a larger Age of Sigmar event um, at the end of the month or next month. Next weekend, yeah, the yeah. London Open. I've teamed up with Zach, who who runs the LGT and they sort of do the Leicester GT and things like that. And I'm going to be running a 2,000 point standard five game event um, down. That'll be in London as well. So the first the event tomorrow is in Covent Garden, and the event next weekend is in Camberwell, South London. We've got a big sports hall from a school. We're like getting all the stuff in. It's going to be great. So we've still got some tickets for them. Is that available as well? So I'll just pop that in the chat too. It's yeah, going to be fun. I'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, it, it will be really fun. Um, looking forward to that as well. Okay, uh, Charlie, uh, talk yeah. to me about uh, Sons of Behemoth in Age of Sigmar 2.0. Um, let's say some online commentators were mean about them, uh, not no. being a particularly strong army. Really? Some. I can't, I can't believe that. Some. <laughs> some were. Uh, maybe me. Some rogue, perhaps. Some rogue. Um, some terrorist, so, perhaps. So talk to, yeah, maybe. So talk to me about them in Age of Sigmar 2.0, because fairly new army, right? Yeah, they had an interesting launch where like, a number of us were quite excited about... You know, the people who like big stompy monsters, hey, here's an army of big stompy monsters. And, you know, we wanted them to be big and powerful and do lots and of damage. Stompy. And stompy, yeah. Uh, not D3 standing. damage stomps, but big stomps. Yeah, big but, stomps. But, uh, yeah, they came out, and there was a bit of, I guess, ludonarrative dissonance in that they didn't seem to hit as hard as we expected them to hit. And yes. they weren't an out-and-out damagey stompy army. They were a bit more of a objective grabbing do some damage army 
Yes. So yeah. that was sort of the initial review of the book was it's not really how, what we expected it to be. And these guys aren't going to win fights against other big boys in the, in the, in the arena. But I think it's fair to say that they outperformed our initial expectations. I would say yes. I, like, I, I felt like this is a personal statement um, because we did see uh, uh, a few people over on Australia specifically because it was a fairly new book launched during COVID, which meant yeah. that the only games we really saw were TTS um, or we saw them in real life and, and Australia tended, tended to generally be the place. So for the stats, which obviously I do on a Monday with Owen, um, uh, they, 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 they did a couple of four ones over in Australia, um, which was really important. And then they weren't really seen on TTS, um, uh, in any of the TTS tourneys, uh, and take, make of that what you will. I think the fact that we didn't see them, uh, really made me feel like people weren't, um, because they're like a really good TTS army, right? Not many models. to move. Yeah. I, I use them on TTS. Yeah. Um, but they, they generally didn't tend to do very well and they weren't very popular. And generally the stuff that was popular on TTS because you didn't have to buy anything um, yeah. was stuff that was strong, right? Uh, because yeah. you, you could you could just quickly move into the good, strong thing, but people didn't right. move into... So I kind of felt like <clears throat> maybe they didn't have, uh, like, I didn't think they had the ump for maybe some of the uh, performances they got were new model, new army syndrome, where you play an army for the first time, you're not really sure. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, that's, I think it, that when we came out, I think... <laughs> I think basically they ended up being about one game better than we expected. I think we expected them to be a 2-3-3-2 two, three, three, two, and then more of a 3-2-4-1 in AOS 2. Yeah. So about one game better. Yeah. I, I took them to one of the hammer times and went 2-1. I lost to Benjamin Sava because I, I tried to be cheeky and toe into an objective and he tectonic shifted me off it with little, some little hammer boys. That's funny. <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> He told me about it as well. Yeah. So you would describe them as an army that what they did was they held objectives well in, in 2.0, didn't really. Think, like They yeah, fought the okay, key, but... Yeah, their key, um, I guess, faction ability is the uh, Mightier Mix Rightier, where the Mega Gargants count as 20 models and the Man Crusher Gargants count as 10 models each. So if you had a unit of three Man Crushers, that, could be, that would be 30 models and one Mega Gargant would be 20 models. And, you know, we didn't have, apart from Ogres, we didn't have any other rule like that in the game. So you could really just walk onto objectives and more or less grab it from anybody. And that meant that you could, yeah, was, you could just hold objectives to win the game. Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about the tribes too. They, they each had a different style, but mainly it's all about holding objectives. Mm -hmm. The, I think the, initially the most popular tribe was to take a tribe because the Taker Tribe's ability was that the Mega Gargants counted as 30 rather than 20. Yes. And the Man Crushers were 15 rather than 10. And so that just amplified your ability to hold objectives. Yeah. So that was more, they were, that sort of Taker Tribe list was more about sitting on the objectives and really trying to outlast, really leaning into that objective grabbing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot, that was quite popular at the start, but I think people eventually shifted towards the Breaker Tribe. A little bit at the end and i was an advocate of the breaker tribe over the takers firstly because it's more fun because you go and smash things because the breaker tribe had ability to get plus one to hit they had lots of ren three damage three attacks so you could go in and actually swing around like a bit more of a giant and i felt like if you could go in and smash some models maybe not kill everything but you're killing more as a breaker tribe than the taker tribe then you can kill enough so you don't need 
the ability to count as more models. 20 was fine, I found. Mm -hmm. There were very rare occasions where I was getting outscored even at 20 models. So I felt like the extra damage ability, especially from the shooting attack, the four flat four damage shooting ability the breakers had, was a lot better than just sitting and hoping you don't get killed. Yeah. And then I guess the Stomper Tribe was the sort of the odd one out where it focused a lot on the on horde clearing with lots of man crushes. The man the the, the Stomper Tribe ability was that if the man crushes are fighting units of ten or more, they get plus one to damage on their attacks. Yeah. And if they fight twenty more they get plus two to damage. So they can really do crazy damage to big hordes. But the issue I found with them is there are two issues. Firstly, the general loses all the, all the generic command abilities, and they only get man crush abilities. So they can't actually spend CPs on themselves, only on the man crushers. And then the other disadvantage I found was that you do a huge amount of damage at the start, where you go into these hordes and clear them out. But if you fighting stuff like um, Nurgle, where they've got really resilient hordes, you reduce them down, but as you're reducing down the opposing units, your damage output is also getting weaker because they're getting smaller in size. Yeah, of course. So I hit some Blight Kings at 20 models and did loads of damage. And the next round, I did a lot less damage. And then the third round, I did no damage because I just degraded my own damage ability by yeah, killing them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so you, you made it like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So users were doing less. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Like, there's an economy, like the, the return on the uh, on yeah, the return on the output is worse, effectively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's sort of a weird fight there. We start out really strong, and then you just get weaker, even though mm. you're killing them. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I think that's roughly how it was in AOS three, AOS two rather. You uh, run around, grab objectives. If you're playing breakers, you're trying to shoot people and and sort of smash up, smash scenery um and yeah it was more or less a th i think a three two four one army a lot of fun quick to play the nice quick thing about play. it very relaxing the nice thing i find is yeah it, relaxing is the word i would i played owen once and he was playing his petrifex in aos2 and i just put my models down and then drank kicked back and drank a beer and owen was there meticulously planning all his things it was really nice to watch someone else stress out about all the options they had to do. Yeah, you just got to just walk forward four times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so like, talk to me about uh, Age of Sigmar 3, Charlie, like, uh, and your thoughts, your top-level thoughts, before we get into the winners and losers. And it's not going to be the longest show, because ultimately... No. It's not many war scrolls, right? It's four war scrolls. So, um, uh, like, talk to me about um, uh, your thoughts on Age of Sigmar 3 before we go any further. I uh, I like a lot of the changes in AOS 3, but I'm still kind of feeling it out. I've only played four games, all with Suns. Um, what I like about it is I like the missions. They're kind of an interesting group of different missions. I like the change-up. It refreshes the game. I like that unit leaders can now do these commands. I think the, the restructuring of commands is also kind of interesting. It puts limits on some things and helps other things out. And I like the heroic actions and monstrous rampages. It does feel a bit more engaging. Even if you're being double-turned, you're still doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Which I think is, is fun. And uh, yeah, I like that a lot. But the stuff that I'm not so happy about is the save stacking and the coherency. Okay. Mostly. The save stacking, I think, is a bit much on those big god, god character uh, characters. Yeah. yeah. 
it's I, I sent Kragnos and a Gatebreaker into Petrofex Nagash and did like five damage. <laughs> <laughs> like, Good. it's just Good. Silly. thumbs. Thumbs. Um, Thanks, Lowdown, for resubscribing. Big love to you. Thank you. <laughs> yep. That's that's Owen there. That was Owen oh, in, in the chat. It just like lol. Yeah. <laughs> went around Owen's house and had a game. <laughs> Amazing. And then coherency, I think, is still an issue for those those uh, fifty mil, forty mil base models with one inch reach. Yes. And there, there was a big, big discussion when that when that coherency rule came out, and a lot of the counterpoint to people like me, I was I, people like me were arguing this is bad for units like bulgors, which. Can it only is. reach one inch. So if you've got a unit of six Bulgors, only four can ever fight until you kill one. So you kind of incentivize to actually kill one of your own models so that you can actually fight properly. Uh -oh. um, and the counterpoint to that was we don't have the full context, which was true. But now we do have the full context, and there's no mitigation for it. It just is not good for yeah. those units. Yeah, some units have been effectively like hard work, like core ruled out the game. Like yeah. they've effectively just been like taken out. Um, so I think maybe, I mean, there's something to be said for you run six and maybe you lose one and then it becomes like something more applicable, but it's a weird take. It is, uh, it to, is a bit to... weird. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I, think, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I think the problem with the save stacking is that it just devalues rent as well. So a lot of like, it does. you get a lot of those 30 mil base um, infantry units with rent one that have been like hit by coherency issues and hit by the basically rent one being meaningless so like at some models some units are having a really tough time like besticles for example um and even the mega gargants like some of their rend two even rend three attacks like if you go into those big god monsters who they should be trying to duel at 500 points each yeah like some of those a lot of those attacks just don't get through yeah and, um, and, yeah, and even though it's like you know like 500 points you would you would hope you would do like half you would half kill them or something uh, yeah but like yeah when you do not a lot yeah you're right and like and i think especially on those like three up armor save guys when they start out so much output um is yeah. just taken away so yeah I, I i'm hoping we're gonna see there is rumors that in a few weeks we get the faq to kind of get that uh brought in line but whether or not we will we'll see i i really hope that they decide to make a shift that uh save modifiers to save plus more uh, cap at one before you apply a rend. Yeah. So you can you can't mystic shield heroic action and all that defense. Like a you know go finest hour mystic shield all that defense. I want it, I like that to cap at just plus one and then you apply rend. I think that'll balance things out a bit more. Um. Uh, like yeah. I think I think it's I think it's so like I think it's I think it needs addressing effectively. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So that's interesting. My three. Let's talk about the winners and losers in Mega Gargans, because I think top line, it feels like it's all win. Yeah, top line, it's a lot of win, because you've got the heroic actions and <clears throat> on all the Mega Gargans, uh, so you can heal them up now, you can get plus one to hit pretty easily with the, with the Titanic Duel, you can roar at people, do extra stomps, all that stuff's good. And then... Oh, that's, yeah, that's the Monstrous Rampages. Yeah, you can do the Monstrous Rampages and you can do heroic actions on the same model. And also, they, they shifted the way the, the army works so that the Mega Gargants are all battle line. So you can just do an army of Mega Gargants now if you want. Four big lads running around mm -hmm. doing their thing 
which is which is fun at the very least it's fun and it's probably quite good as well because the little guys actually have quite a lot of output and they're useful for tagging objectives with small with 10.10 counts as 10 models units mm. but uh, they are a bit vulnerable so uh, yeah i think they overall, are very they're quite fragile right yeah, they are. They've got but, a five up save and twelve wounds. But do you not think like uh like all out defense, like it's like a nice I mean they didn't previously have that option, right? That is a nice option. You're pushing to a four up, which is you know, the the game's gonna have a lot of rend out there. So I I still don't think they're too defensible. Yeah. And you're probably gonna wanna put your all out defense on a mega that turn. I yeah, would, that I makes sense. Think. Yeah, you're probably not wasting it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but yeah. you think? Okay, you think they still they still got a place? They're, they're not. Are they not any better? Or no? I think actually, I think we can go through the each unit. There are only four units. You might as well go through the units rather. Yeah, you might as well go through the whole book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we can start with the man crushers. I think they are actually a, bit, a little bit winners because they are monsters. They're not behemoths, so they don't cap out your limit, but they are monsters they do get the monstrous actions monstrous rampages and also if you think about the way the monstrous rampages works you pick a monster and it does a rampage mm -hmm. so if you've got a unit of three man crusher mega man crusher gargans each man crusher in one unit can do a rampage okay so you could throw them into a unit and then do stomp roar and something else that's pretty cool yeah, on just one unit going, Wah! all three. Of them. <laughs> you you stomp them, you roar them, uh... and then you smash that hill. <laughs> okay, that works. Yeah, that's good. And then they can they they can go into Heroes of the Heartlands as well. That's okay. I think there are only two battalions you can fit into, which is the Battle Regiment and Hero of the Heartlands. Okay. So the Hero of the Heartlands is quite nice because then they can't get um, affected by monstrous rampages as well. Okay. So yeah, getting roared at is a not great, and getting plus one to people getting plus one to hit against you is also not great. So you've got a bit of protection there. So I think they, you know they got a bit better, and I think they're still useful. Ten point mod ten counts as ten models is pretty nice. You can sneak onto objectives. You can screen your mega gargants with a smaller gargant, things like that. Mm. So I think they're still useful. Them. What's the conversation? And they're monsters, right? Or are they not? They are monsters. Yeah. So what's the conversation kind of like? That feels like one of the top line conversations from this book. What's the conversation about the fact that it's an army of monsters? You know, like you're, I suppose you're achieving the three battle tactics required with a monster, uh, but then each one is costing you a VP as well. Like, I suppose that, 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 do you is think that factors into anything? Sorry. Yeah, I think that, I suppose that is a strike against the minis in that you're, you are giving away some more monster points. But I think... As you know, as sons of Pyramid, you're probably trying to think. I'm just going to go onto objectives and not let them score. I'm just going to outscore the primary because I'm just going to hold it, and they're going to struggle to get me off. And I think is what you're trying to do. And yeah, you've got easy access to those bonus points for using monsters with the battle tactics. Also, your grand strategy is pretty much in the bank because you just pick. Uh, you can either pick the battle line one because everything in the army's battle line, or you pick the monsters one, because everything's a monster. And it's basically, either you table me, or I get my grand strategy. Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah. I agree. Like, And I think it's, I think the Mega Gargants feel a bit like a, a win more sort of army. I feel like if you're winning, you obviously you don't give up those VPs. 
So you yeah. kind of you kind of have to sit like it's it's a bit. It's, I don't think it's the same conversation as the ogres, where it's like how many monsters I'm taking, which monsters I'm taking, what's their role in the army, that sort of situation. I think it's just more like okay, I give up yeah. VPs if I lose, so I just win. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's part of the whole thing of you're pushing all the stress and decisions onto your opponent. You know, like these are my lads, deal with them. Yeah. And you're trying to make your opponent make all the decisions. And then your turn, you're like, hmm, I've got four units. I move here, 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 and here. I'm done, you know? Yeah, you start stressing again. Yeah, yeah exactly. You. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Then I guess ne- next we can go through the book, I suppose. So next, Takers. I think Takers got a boost. Um, because I, told, I said earlier that in AOS 2, I didn't feel like the extra bodies meant that much. Because you just outscored them anyway even at 20 models per yeah. mega gargan but in aos 3 more models like you uh, five wound models count as two and monsters count as five so it's a lot easier i think for people to, to put 20 bodies onto an objective that's fine you can put you can put uh 10 dudes and two monster characters and that's 20 right maybe yeah. wizards and they've got 21 so actually, I think Takers is pretty useful for boosting up, especially your minis. Now they're 15, 10 dudes won't do it anymore. Yeah. And then the Megas count is 30, so they've got to put a lot onto objectives to, to screen you out now. So I think that is pretty useful. Kicking-wise, um, I think the number of, object- of scenarios where kicking is like really strong has reduced. It's going to depend on how Savage Gain gets played. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some debate. I think most people are leaning towards you only get two points for either of the middle two. Yeah. Whereas there's a, the other argument is that it's as it was before, where you get two points per objective in the center. We'll see how that gets FAQ'd, I suppose. If it gets FAQ'd, so you get two points per objective, like it used to be in Border War, then kicking's really good. Otherwise, kicking's not that great. The, the scenario where kicking is really good, I think, is Fatal Foray where I think you only start about seven inches off your opponent's territory. And that's the one where you burn objectives. Yeah. If you kick them, in, if you burn objectives in your opponent's territory. So I think you only need like seven inch kick, maybe eight inches to get an objective into the opponent's territory. So two turns, you should have an objective in the opponent's um, territory. And then you can burn, start burning the objectives as such on your side as well. Wow, that's pretty good. So I think, yeah, that's kicking's good for Fatal Foray. And then I think with Takers, you just, all that extra defense is really good for them. They're the ones that want to sit on objectives. So all this bonuses to saves helps them a lot. Yeah, because, and they don't they don't want to like do anything. Is there, um, is there something to be said for, like, obviously you've got the Amulet of Destiny, right? Which is going to give yes. a five up DPR. So like that's, oh, sorry, or a ward save. So that's going to like give you a five up after damage save. Is this where you would say it's taken the most, or do you think that just goes in every list anyway? I think that goes in almost every list. Okay. Every serious list, I think, has an Amulet of Destiny. Right, Even on, a, on a, a Mega. Yeah. In AOS 2, I was running Breaker Tribes for more damage, but I was running the Enchanted Port Colors, which was a, a six-up six ward. Yeah. And this is just better than the one in the book. Yeah. So I think it like in serious lists it gets taken nearly all the time. Is there a way to get two enhancements in your list or not? No. So no way at all. So, so you're not doing this and a wizard. No. Yeah. No. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, you've only got one enhancement. That's it. You get you can only take the Battle Regiment for the drops or the yep. Heroes of the Heartlands because every, you, have, you have no access to the sub-commanders. Yeah, and that locks out all everything else. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's super fair. Okay, all right, sweet. Um, what's what's next, bud? Next is the Stompers. Yeah, I think they they went they got cheaper. They're now four seventy, the cheapest mega, but they're still suffering a bit of not really doing what's good in the army. I think they don't have any shooting. They're not the fightiest. They got a good grab. Their grab is out of sequence as well. You just any time during the combat phase, you can grab a model, which is pretty nice. Hmm. But they don't do too much, I think. They buff up the man crushers, really. I suppose the interesting interaction is that now that the generic command abilities are plus one to the whatever it is, rather than rerolls, you can have a second Mega Gargan apart from your other than your general to do the generic command abilities like plus one to save. And then the general has the Stomper Tribe big shouts where instead of picking a unit and giving it a generic ability, he creates an aura of the generic ability. Right. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So in the AOS 2, it was instead of choosing a unit and being reroll hits of one, he would create an 18-inch bubble of reroll hits of one. Okay. Pretty um, good when you're getting plus ones to hit. Yeah, and that, that hasn't changed across the edition. So those are still rerolls because they're in the, the Behemoth book. Mm. So if you have two Mega Gargans, you will be able to issue a command to a unit of Man Crushers for plus one to hit, and then do the big shout to do the reroll ones to hit, because okay. the general will be issuing the command to himself to create the aura. Yeah, it's an aura, like yeah, because you can be affected by an aura and a command ability at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the the interesting point for Stompers. Otherwise, I'm not. I'm still not really hot on Stompers. Maybe Vince is hotter on them. I'm not sure exactly why. I think he I likes think the also, damage output. Like, yeah, I think. But the damage on Stompers is, is into hordes, and we're very yeah. unlikely to see lots of hordes now with the reinforcement uh, addition. So yeah, I can I can completely agree with that. Yeah, precisely. So that brings us on to finally the Breakers. Breakers. Who, yeah, the Breakers. Are, uh, I like the Breakers. It's just more fun to go in and hit stuff with the flail, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, they can't do the plus one to hit stacking, which is a little bit unfortunate, because they're on a base four up. So it'd be nice if you could stack some more plus one to hit with their fierce loathings, where they pick a a a type of unit that they hate. Yeah. And they get plus one to hit the, the people they hate. Um, and the general could take a second one, which sometimes had some overlap for plus two to hit. For instance, if you chose idiots with flags, so you hate totems and command models, and then you the general could hate wizards and le and leaders. You could fight it like a totem leader with plus two to hit, or perhaps a wizard unit that had a command model like pink horrors, and then you'd be uh, plus two to hit them. But that doesn't work anymore, which is a bit unfortunate. But they do like the rampages a lot. The part, part of the problem with the fierce loathings was that you had to be very specific about which unit you hate so that you get the plus one to hit. Yeah. But the Titanic Duel is quite nice now. You can get the plus one to hit without having to like specify before the game what it is. Yeah, of course. And they did get a big points bump as well, which is a little bit, a little bit of a shame. They're now 525 up from 490. So this is all the Gargants. So yeah, the 
Kraken Eater stayed the same. The War Stomper went down to 470. That was down 10 points. And the Breaker went from 490 to 525. Wow, which is a bit points. of an issue. Yeah, yeah, because that basically, it you know, you, it rules out the way the book used to work is everything was just under 500 points, so you could basically pick four blocks, and it was quite nice. You pick four blocks, and that's what it was. Like um, going above 500 makes it a bit trickier. You can't take as many small guys. It doesn't fit quite as nicely. Yeah, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, but the increase to durability is very good on them. They'll be able to do a lot more stomping and smashing. And the generic combinability from Gur to fight on the top profile is very nice for them too. On Gatebreakers? Yeah, particularly on Gatebreakers because you want to get the flail back up to 10 attacks. Yeah, of course. But I think generally across the board, Gargots love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, and that's it, isn't it? That's all four. That's it. I mean, the only other thing is you can put Kragnos in there. Okay, okay. And you uh, think there, there's a role for him in there? Uh, for fun, yes. But for serious, no. No, um, no, not for serious, because you're basically taking out a model that counts as twenty or thirty, and then you're putting in a model that counts as five. Right. And it has no synergy with the rest of the the book apart from being able to issue generic commands. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so oh, I'll go on after you. And he's more points than all of the Mega Gargans. He's 695, right? Mm. So you're reducing the rest of your army. You're taking out more than just one. You're taking out one Mega and one Mini to put in Kragnos. And so, is he worth that? And the answer is probably no. No, the answer is no. But you can have a lot of fun with him. Okay, so, that's uh, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, Amulet of Destiny, a must-take. Um, uh, yeah, plus ones to hit across the board, which was one of my criticisms um, of like uh, is is pretty brilliant. All out defense, making them more survivable as well. Yeah. Do you think there's a CP shortage, or does the army not really use any command abilities? Uh, I think the CPs are about they're about all right actually. I think uh, you start you know you can fight you go second if you want, or well, if you go second you've got two, then you've got your general on the board, so you've got three, and you can try to get extra ones you don't always need to do the heroic recovery with them yeah because you've got so many wounds a d3, d3 is not breaking the bank so yeah. you can do the 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 cp generation a bit more a bit more regularly if you want to yeah and uh, i guess another question is um they all became battle line as well at the same time yes so is it is it again another case of a win more strategy where you just choose like the grand strategy that you won't lose all your battle line and like it's if you lose, you've lost all of your guys, and you exactly. probably lost anyway. Like and you can take that, or you can take the monsters one. Oh yeah, right. right? Like keep a yeah. monster, keep a monster if you, alive. If you take Kragnos, you definitely take the monsters one. Otherwise, if you don't take Kragnos, it doesn't matter. Battle line monsters, whatever. Yeah, of course that makes yeah. sense because it feels like they basically, if they're winning, they they basically get an additional three victory points because they like yes. they're not losing, right? Um, yeah. So they, they they feel like they're a good win more army. Uh, like ultimately, do you think do you think that they're going to place really well in the game in the future? I think they're probably still going to be a four-one. I don't see them going five-zero because I think some armies just will have the output to deal with them. Right? We talked yeah. before about Suns being a DPS check. A DPS check. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got the power to deal with them, you deal with them. If you don't, then you don't. There will be some games where they're kind of tight, I suppose, but. 
yeah, you can deal with them. I think one big issue that Suns will have, and maybe the game will have generally, is Sylvaneth. Those trees, man. Uh, don't worry about that. Problem. I think I think that um, uh, uh, like uh, I think I think that's just something that's going to be addressed or looked at. So I don't think that's that's an yeah. issue. Right? If, it, if it's not if they're not addressed, then the trees will be placed so narrowly enough that you can't walk through there because you, you've got the gargants have got five inch bases, hmm. and the gap between the trees is is smaller than five inches, and they're taller than four inches, so they can't long shanks over the top. So the trees just block them. Yeah. So unless that's addressed, that's going to be a big issue for Behemoth, just having trees put everywhere. Uh, but so, but overall, you think Gargant's in a I good place? A good, I think they're in a good place. I feel I like they've gone up. I feel like they've gone up. That commandability, yeah. I, I feel like the, the, the commandability to fight on top bracket's huge. Uh, getting them all as battle line is huge. Uh, yeah. Monstrous actions, like because you can basically... You're basically every turn you're making one of the three megas. If you're running three megas, is just in their finest hour. So you're basically plus one to save, plus one to wound, at each point across how like the army. Yeah. And then with so like you've got access. To, I know everyone's got access to plus one to hit, but because they're also uh, like they got that plus one to wound. It's plus one to hit, plus one to yeah. wound for a turn, and that becomes like just nuts. And uh, and yes. then plus one save, and then absolutely yeah. yeah. Like, like I think, yeah, I think, you know, we can we can sort of average it out to being they they should be able to go four one plus or minus one game depending on the run. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They, they can't take out those god characters, so but they don't have to. But just go can. around to kill everything else and yes. sit on the objective. Yeah, and also like the god character, it's kind of like a, a time check as well. The god character has to kill them on the objective quickly. Yeah. Because yeah, they're exactly. outscoring the god character on the objective, um, yeah. so they've kind of got that advantage as well. I think board so, control is still going to be an issue for them. Um, yeah, that is an issue. I really do. I think that's why breakers are sometimes better because they've got the power to smash through units to create space for themselves. Yeah, agreed, hundred um, percent. For the god characters thing, like I played Owen twice the other week. Mm. Game one, I ignored Nagash and I won the game convincingly. Yes. Game two, I put Kragnos in and tried to kill Nagash, and I lost horribly. So <laughs> okay. So yeah, like some of those god monsters, you just you just ignore them. You kill everything else in the army, and he hasn't got the turns to deal with you. Okay. Well, listen. Um, personally, I think Suns are in a great place, and thanks Charlie for coming on because really it didn't need to be a super long show because it's, no. um, it's four units, <laughs> and also everything is positive. Amulet of Destiny has taken Gargants from dumb to like from good to dumb. Um, it's taken uh, the heroic actions have done the same, so uh, you're in a really good spot. Like, yeah. and also just the... sorry. The That's generic, no, thank you. The generic command abilities. I'm just allergic to all the power. Um, uh, <laughs> the generic command abilities, are like also, like so. I think every change has made yeah. gargants better. I think so, so too. If you're a mega gargant player, you should just be over the moon with this edition. And like, I would, I, I would confidently say they're not only a good uh, singles tournament list, they're also a great team tournament list as well. I think so too. Yeah, especially team tournaments, you can retarget what you want to go into. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to do a couple couple little lists? Yeah, yeah, quickly? sure. So I made some kind of more fun lists. I mean, almost anything will work okay. Yeah. You know, you can take a couple of things. I mean, Destiny is fine. So I made one Take a Tribe list. I thought, hey, let's go real kicking. So I took three Kraken Eaters, 
and the general had the strong right foot and the amulet of destiny. The strong right foot lets you kick 3d6, so he's extra booty. And then the fourth unit is a gatebreaker. So I thought, the most objectives you're going to have are six. You've got three Kraken Eaters for Fatal 4A. You can just start booting all three up the board, and then you can just start burning. And the crack, the Gatebreaker can run around smashing stuff. Pretty simple. But I think it'd be kind of fun, just kicking everything everywhere. Yeah. Bit of a laugh. Ooh. Then the next one, I took a uh, Breaker Tribe. This is more of a standard Breaker Tribe, I think, where you take either the Idiots with Flags or the Bossy Boots and Clever Clogs for the, the heroes. And then you take the Amulet of Destiny and you go around trying not having your general trying to take out the heroes and not dying. That's three Gatebreaker Mega Gargants and then two Man Crusher Gargants. The point, uh, the point increase to make Gatebreakers means you lost one Man Crusher, but it's not the end of the world. You still do okay. Yeah. And then the final one is the, I guess, the, the extra fun one. It is Breaker Tribe again. I've gone Bossy Pants and Clever Clogs, so you can really fight heroes. Uh, I've gone with Kragnos, End of Empires. Nice. And then two Gatebreaker Mega Gargants and one Man Crusher. The Gatebreaker General has Louder Than Words, which gives him plus two attacks in his flail. So now he's got, tw- he's got 12 flail attacks. Wow. And then I went for the Arcane Tome artifact to make him a wizard so that he can take the Universal Spell or Flaming Weapon. So you can run around with 12 attacks, damage four. That's honestly very scary. Like, and I, I did think... that this list to Owen. I got the spell off. Nagash didn't unbind it. I charged into Nagash with 12 attacks at damage 4. I did f- 5 damage. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Ren 2? Ren 3. Wow. Okay. All right. yep. but, but fun, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the fun one. That I'm super strong with a fiery flail. I think, yeah, and you could paint up like a big fire, fiery flail, right? And just yeah. have a great time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, those are lovely. We're going to get those lists put on the Honest Wargamer website. So if you guys at home want to uh, check them out and leave a comment as well, you should do that. I'm going to include the uh, notes to Charlie's events uh, in the show notes below. Um, and Charlie, thanks very much for coming Thank on the show and me. talking about them. Uh, yeah, I know. Good to talk it, to you. I know it's not like a huge uh, battle tone, but I really appreciate it. Uh, you got any shout outs you'd like to make before we head out today? Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout out Tech and Daniil for helping me run my event tomorrow. Tech's been a lot of work behind the scenes, and Daniil is my assistant TA for that. And uh, shout out to Zach for like the incredible amount of work that goes into running something like the London Open. It's ridiculous how much you have to organize. And a shout out to Owen for hosting me for two fun games. Hey, lovely. All right. Well, thanks for the chat for hanging out with me today. Uh, don't forget, next Thursday is uh, Party 500 of the Stream Streak. Uh, so if you guys are just watching this on YouTube and haven't watched before, I've been live every day wow. during the <laughs> pandemic for 494 days so far. Uh, and Thursday's That's our bad. 500th birthday. Uh, so it's been lovely. Lovely having you on, Charlie. Thanks very much. Um, you too. Thanks. Uh, uh, and yeah, thanks for listening to The Honest Wargamer. And you guys have a nice day. <laughs>